Hello and welcome to the WTF podcast. Um, tonight we have myself, Giancarlo Cobham, and Tyrone Holder. Um, we will start by um, reviewing the biggest game of the weekend, which was Manchester United and Liverpool. Two to Manchester, one to Liverpool. Um, last week I had this one, I couldn't call a score because... Uh, obviously, Liverpool, as I mentioned, they always concede first, and Manchester was in a bar in a farm. I thought Manchester would have raised their game, uh, so they did, and came out victorious. Um, I didn't get a chance to catch the game. I don't know if you did, Tyrone, if that's the case. Yeah, I did. Then I, did. I could let you speak yes. on um that game. So you could go ahead. Yeah. I went, to, I went against my initial score last week. As when money was telling me to want to Manchester, which is exactly what happened. Um, and I went for, uh, I think it was a 3-0 or 4-0 uh, based on last season's scores. Um, but coming out of the blocks of uh, whistleblowing, Manchester was almost immediately the better side. And I would say for probably about 80% of the game, and they could have really actually scored more. Um, they just looked like they wanted it more. They were getting to all the second balls. And they were creating chances. And Liverpool only really came into the game. And they, I, I guess somewhere through the coming on to the end of the second half, they decided that they were actually in a football match. And then they did what Liverpool normally um, do in terms of, uh, of 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 pressing and you know basically smothering the opponent opponent with direct attacks, um, they did manage to pull one back. Of course, Johnny on the spot as always, um, inevitable like Thanos, um, Salah, but um, Manchester was well worth their win, well well worth their win. And the, um, special mention to Rafael Varane, special mention to um, Malasia left back. Um, special mention to Ilanga as well up front, much maligned by maligned by Manchester United um, fans, um, and Martial as well for his pass into um to Rashford, whose finish was was really sublime. Um, finished out with like a plum. You, you you would hear some pundits saying, um, so yeah, they did very very well. Hopefully, um, you know, for their sake, it continues. Right. I was just about to ask if you think that is a one-off or if you think they would be able to replicate a performance like that we can recall. Well, the coach, the coach showed his seriousness and I think that they probably recognized that when he called them out to training the very next day after the after the, the, the last poor result they had before Liverpool. I think I was, was it Brentford? I, I made them run the, the, the distance that, that Brentford outran them. I think it was 13 kilometers or something like that. Um, so yeah, I think he showed his seriousness and then he, he, he did make some real tough decisions in dropping the, the club captain, Harry Maguire. He dropped Ronaldo from the lineup, um, brought in Langa, um, brought, uh, brought back in uh, Rafael Varane. Um, and he, he, and they, they, they definitely responded. They definitely responded. So with the additional of Castillo, I can't see them going backwards. I really, really can't see them going backwards. I can only see them going forward. They would surprise me if they if they don't um, continue to perform this way, if he continues what he um, set in motion last week, or this week, well, last weekend, yeah. Okay. 
So Manchester United back then. <laughs> Man, he was basically, back. basically, basically. Okay. It should be. It really, really should be. All right. And what do you thought about Liverpool? I mean, this is their third game, two draws and a loss. I don't know if Liverpool are resting on their laurels. I don't know what it is. There's some some talk going around in Liverpool circles saying that they're they've reached the, the plateau right now as it relates to the whole um having matter football that plot plays is taking its toll on some players and as it relates to injuries and all that kind of thing. Different different perspectives coming out, but I don't know, maybe they need to mix it up a little bit more, and especially in central midfield, because the players that they depend on don't stay fit. Players like Thiago and, and, and Keita, who he's, who've never really seen the best of in, in a Liverpool shirt. Um, and you find that even depending on on aged or experienced legs like um, Milner and Henderson and mixing in Harvey Elliott in there, I, I feel like Liverpool, as I said, can do a lot more to keep their side fresh um, innovative, even as they do it up front. So because I, I don't know, and then you can, then you also have the the poor performances of of some of the defensive players. So I mean, if you if you're not going to to, to score, I want any pitch. You're ready to keep the goals out, um, and that's certainly not what the likes of Frank Alexander Arnold and Virgil Van Dijk have been doing. Fair enough. Um, well. Based on what I saw um, in previous seasons, teams will always get a chance against Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, Alisson will come up big or the, the team will miss. And people will go like, oh my gosh, these people don't like the score in Liverpool. Yeah. But the scoring now and goals has changed game. So if the goals ain't going in, um, at the other end, and the team uh-huh. gain one, that might give the team confidence to get two, three. Right, but if Salah and company hit three and Liverpool Correct. and see one by a defensive error or what's not, then you know, as people said, as uh, papering over the cracks. But again, if the ball ain't going in the net um, for Liverpool and they're making errors, people punishing them. And you see every year the quality increasing in the Premier League in exactly. terms of. Exactly. Um, transfers in because that's where the money is. Right. So it's not like, um, well, let me say years gone by because two the last two, three, four seasons it was happening. So I didn't want to make it sound F. Um, you know the quality, the the the, the quality gap decreased so much now that I can't make errors because they were making errors last year and the year before and weren't punished. Yeah, but but, I, but I, to I, your point, to your point. Um, as it relates to cl- clubs always getting chances on Liverpool, what what the word that some people would, would tend to use there, sustainable, how sustainable sustainable was that going to be? Um, because now that you, you another thing you just addressed there, when the quality improves, <laughs> that pr- is proving no, and should prove in the longer term to not be sustainable because you can't keep giving up chances and saying, oh, you can score at the end, because at some point your strikers are not going to be scoring. Like, no. And you can be giving up the same chances, and people can, because of the same quality, you know, getting the goals. Um, true. Um, however, um, I think Liverpool game, I think Liverpool game come good, man. Should be all right. Yeah, yeah. Even if they do one recover to 
challenge for the title, Liverpool should get in the top four. Um, moving on to on. speaking of uh, top four, moving on to another top four, um, another team that we would have predicted to be the top four Spurs. Spurs versus uh, Wolves. Now, this is a game that I would have I managed to catch. And mm. Spurs were poor in the first half. I don't know what was said at um, halftime, but they came out in the second. Um, they had more intensity. I found that Kulosevsky was more involved and they started create chances. Um, Ken hit the post. Um, Son hit the post. Ken hit the post. Uh, as I said, they started create chances. Uh, eventually, the goal, goal came off a set piece. Um, they looked more dangerous in the second half, not only uh, with Kulusevski, but uh, via Parasic, who got the assist for the goal. Um, they started shaky in most games they watched, but Spurs seemed to be able to turn around games. So, so far in the three games, um, games that they would have all right, let me go back to come forward. Those three games that Spurs played against seven from nine points this season, Spurs lost all three of those games last season. So, so yeah, far, there's an improvement the um, with mentality, with attitude, and with results. Yeah. Spurs aren't so playing well. I think about, when I think about Spurs now. Spurs aren't playing so well. So if they're grinding out these results, no, when they aren't playing well, I can only imagine how it can be when they start a play. That's my tip. Yeah, you pretty Spurs. much. Yeah, you pretty much said everything that I was thinking to say. Um, the the word that I was thinking when I when I when I see Spurs playing now and pulling results where they normally wouldn't is resilience and that. Um, when a when a when a eleven on the pitch or a club begins to reflect the mentality of the coach who is a winner then what more can you say? Um, the performance, again, was not the best in terms of the actual game play. Wolves, again, on, on them specifically, struggling to score goals. They brought in Gonzalo um, Guedes to try to help with that. I guess he's, he's somewhat of, to me, he's more of a second striker. Maybe if they tried some kind of combination up top with him and Jimenez, um, if, fully, if both are fully fit, maybe they can try to do that. But they're still struggling to score for all the chances and shots that they're creating and getting. Um, and in the end, um, the difference maker was the fact that Spurs had the, the superior quality up front. Yeah, with Ken. Uh, so, I yes, right. expect Spurs to continue to push on, especially with Nottingham Forest up next. All right, so um, the shock of the weekend, Chelsea and Leeds. Leeds oh. through Chelsea now. Wow, wow, wow. Um, unfortunately, I didn't catch this one either. I was watching um Brighton and West Ham. Ah, okay. Uh, you got to, to yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 um, the, the the Leeds team was shades of Bielsa's Leeds, um, in terms of their intensity, um, their Montemar press. Hunted down Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea did get as a result of this of that same footballing style. 
a couple of chances early on, but that swarming style that Leeds had, especially as Chelsea tried to play out, um, really, really um, worked for them. With the American guy in the midfield, Aronson, especially, he was especially impressive to me in terms of his progressing the ball um, um, forward. And, of course, uh, Rodrigo, who, who seems to have taken the mantle of captain um, uh, in terms of dragging his team over the lane in games and such and, and getting the, the, the key goals. He was Johnny on the spot for the third, for the set-piece goal. Um, I'm trying to remember the first one now. Um, I'm trying, I can't remember the, the play, how the play went for the first one because he got two one. I believe it was the first goal was the, the goalkeeper error. Right, that Aronson scored the same Aronson I was speaking about earlier. Uh, oh gosh, what a hole! I mean. A holder from David De Gea one week and then another one I was that's as bad or maybe even worse. Um because he it wasn't like he didn't have the opportunity to clear the ball. Jeez, I I, I don't know. Kalabali is a panic not Kulabali, sorry. Mendy is definitely a panic button. Uh many balls are his feet and they might have to look to actually bring back in the much maligned um Kepa if they're looking for somebody who could provide better distribution with the ball. And then, of course, to address the... To address the... the um, Kulabali situation. Silliness, because the game was already gone. Uh, you really, really, really didn't need to make that fall because you were already on a yellow card. I know the team misses you for three games. Absolutely silly for an experienced player. Okay. Um, I... Don't think it can be three games because it wasn't a straight red. Oh, yes. Right, right, right. So that was two. Yeah, true, true that, true that, true that, true that. True that. Yeah. Um, you think Chelsea game bounce back? about Leicester? <sighs> or you two think that the absence of, if... of, of um, Kante and Kovacic game continue to hurt them? Depends on what he, he does with the midfield. Because he, he can't see, he has he has a lot of tools, but if he's struggling to really put them into the right places. I, I mean, he has played well in games, lost his streak at right back, for example, but of course, that's not his natural position. Right, um, Reese James at right centre back, again, not his natural position, even though he can play there. Conor Gallagher from start in the midfield, uh, playing in that midfield too, behind the two number 10s or, or attackers who are also behind a false nine. So he has tools, but I guess he's trying to find the right ways to get them to function as they should. Like with transfers coming in, the, the rumors of Wesley Fofana and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Chelsea should should be able to bounce back and play well. Because at the end of this transfer, if they have indeed secured a forward, Borja comes back uh, fully fit, Basi Fofana is through the door and maybe another midfielder. Um, Chelsea should definitely be actually be looked upon based on their performance in previous seasons as somebody who could be, um, you know, a dark horse to title challenge. Okay, fair enough. Um, what do you think about their top four hopes if they don't get 
a striker because I this Obama Yang thing, I mean, one day you're hearing it close, the next day, you know, thoughts break down. I, I, I don't know. Me personally, I don't think that, 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 that they, they can, can or will be able to get any talk for it, especially based on how things start. But you know, it's season long. But yeah. with Spurs and Liverpool, if they, Spurs and Arsenal, sorry, if they maintain that form throughout the season, which obviously is hard, but everybody got the ups and downs. But with the quality that Arsenal got at the top, no. Uh, with the addition of Gabriel Jesus and, you know, Spurs got Kian Son and the manager from the start. I think that if Chelsea do not get someone to assist with goals, because I would like to assume that Sterling can be good for 15. Different system. Um, this is no longer beneficial to him. <clears throat> uh, and his um, at the far post tapping goal, Right. Um, Mason Mount best season last season was 11 goals uh, tied with Lukaku and I think Havertz had like 8 Chelsea center midfielders don't usually get involved in the goals and the wing backs which James I can't call Chilwell because I look at it Chilwell now can be, be the number 2 and I don't I don't I don't know um the guy they assigned to be a big goal scorer, more of an assist track. I can't see them making top four unless one of the, the, the other two go on a bad run of form or somebody pick up an injury that caused the team um, to obviously drop in quality in the attack. But I think Chelsea, Chelsea need um, some kind of firepower. To assist Sterling, unless Havertz, Havertz or Sterling have a, a superior or, or some kind of magical season, I can't see them in the top four. But that was my take on Chelsea. Um, so we can move now to Man City and Newcastle. No, this is the first time I saw a team actually have a go at Man City outside of a team like PSG, um, Real Madrid, Barca, any of them teams. And it just goes to show when you do it that it showed them up. Um, however, you got to be mindful that when you attack, this yeah. quality you're leaving space for them to take advantage of. And, you know, that was everything in the game because as much as they went up 3-1 and... You know, throw away plenty of chances. City found a way back because of the quality players they have. So, uh, I mean, teams might be watching on and be like, okay, so this is the blueprint to beat City or just well, off City. But at any day, you know, you got to take your chances when they come. Right? Um, but I commend Newcastle for being brave. Uh, it was a real entertaining game. I mean, I wish most games could be like that. Um, six goals, so it was fantastic for the neutral, like myself. Um, but in terms of defensive quality, it was 
a really poor showing from two teams who, prior to this game, um, hadn't conceded a goal. Um, I just think it's a a blip or a, like a little bit of call for City because they looked really dominant in the first two games. And I thought that they would have run away with the league. But I guess now this is to make them um, more focused in games and to know that it's not going to be a walk in the park. Uh, as for Newcastle, um, Newcastle basically let the other teams know that, you know, they are serious and they are here to stay, whether it be um, for challenging for the top six, um, the top eight, top ten, Champions League places, wherever Newcastle um, should not be taken. That's my take on that trial draw. And, and I, I, I pretty much um, would concur with everything that was said. Um, to add to that, I must commend Newcastle on the tactics they played, or the coach, really. We'll have a lot of time for Eddie Hall. Um, because City brought their wing backs narrow when they went forward, obviously, so that the, 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 the wide forwards would, would, would give the width at the top of the pitch. Cancelo and Walker were coming in, and Hall had three, sometimes even four players left at the top of the pitch to exploit the space in behind um, in behind the, the fullbacks. And you can see it quite clearly um, in the goal that Callum Wilson scored when Walker was drawn to, 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 a, headed, to a headed clearance. So try to head the ball clear when it was coming out. Um, Joel Linton actually won the header, knocked it down for St. Maximum, and set him on his way. And as you know, St. Maximum is a live wire with the ball at his feet. Um, he was running at John Stones, I believe it was. Um, took out a couple of players, played in Callum Wilson, who and he he, he finished uh, very efficiently, as he always does. Um, and, and that was evident every time the castle played the, the direct ball to either St. Maximum on the left or, or um, on the other side of the pitch. They had acres of room to run into, and the the city players were always on, the, always backpedaling and and trying to cover the space, and giving up chances to Newcastle constantly because of that. And I think that was I think that, that was Eddie Hall's game plan. It was quite pretty pretty evident to be honest with you, and I, I commend that 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 level of bravery because teams would not necessarily take um, two or three players out of their extra players, I should say out of their midfield or defence and to leave them at the top of the pitch against uh, Manchester City. And because Newcastle were at home, they probably did that. And I guess they, they, they got their reward at one end, but the risk also paid in terms of the concession of goals. All right. Now, um, let's move on to the predictions for game week four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, first game, um, Southampton versus Manchester United. Um, I again do similar to last week, and I again go with a again sell on defense, right? Uh, I can tell you why, because it's easy to be motivated. 
to one for Liverpool because that's yeah. a derby. Two, because you lose two games on the bounce. Right? So that, that should be enough motivation. And three, this game would have been easier for United and their PSC players because Liverpool is a team that come to attack. Um, I know Southampton do the same, but this the motivation in the same. Even though they can come and play the open expansive football, the motivation for a big team there's be more so than if you're playing a smaller team. And these are usually teams that United have issues with, the smaller teams. Usually it's be a lower block, but it'd be harder to be motivated to play a team like Southampton or Brentford or Brighton. Being used Manchester United, I can't call this one, so I can go with a draw. Um, it's a tough result, but I will go with my mind as opposed to the Liverpool game last week, and I will go to one Manchester. To one to Manchester. Yeah, the confidence that they got from that result, which is a big result. Uh, psychologically for them, especially after losing badly in the first two games, that's that psychologically should be a boost, and they should come into their own, even if it is a hard fought win, and get over the line. All right, you know what? You know what? I just remember, um, not to change my mouth, Casimiro. So that might that might give the team an additional boost. Some for some reason, new signings do that. Um, yeah, Casimiro. Um, so I, I would, I would go with you and go with my United win. Can't tell you by how much, but my United win. So Brentford and Everton. Um, Brentford is like a draft board, a seesaw. Good today, bad tomorrow. Good today, bad tomorrow. Everton ain't getting blocked apart. But Everton is scoring. Justin Maupier, and he he notorious for missing big chances. I don't know how much he can help them. I don't think he can play tomorrow. The form that I see Tony in so far, um, I will I will, I can give Brentford the edge. Um, two 0 to Brentford, and Tony to continue to return whether it be goals or assists. To give yourself a chance to get on the plane um, in October. Um, yeah, I, I think you can go for Brentford as well. Um, they have a lot of time for for even Tony. Very, 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 very impressive as a as a player at his level, playing for a club at that level, and I think that he could play several tiers higher um, than than Brentford. Um, Everything I don't think are everything are very haphazard psychologically. I would probably go here three one. Three one to Brentford. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we can move on to Brighton and Leeds. All right. So uh, watching Brighton. Um, 
Brighton defensively solid. Only can see one goal for the season. And Lee's pretty attacking and still open. Um, I know they can press Brighton. However, Brighton got technicians, um, especially McAllister uh, in midfield. And their centre-backs can handle the ball pretty good. Um, Trossard has been back along with March. And Danny Welbeck has been excellent. I can see Brighton dominating this fixture because they dominated a West Ham team that's better than this Leeds team. Um, I can't see Leeds scoring. As Brighton, they are so, I mean, they possess the ball, they defend well. The only, they're only vulnerable on defending set pieces, which is kind of strange because they have really, really tall defenders. Um, but I can go with a 2 0 to Brighton. Um, but back to you on the score sheet and Trossard. Uh... <laughs> I get instinct all the time, though. Like saying to Wall here, I can't see Brighton. I can't see Brighton outscoring Leeds in this game. I can't see Leeds outscoring Brighton either. So I can go for two Wall. Uh-huh. I, I also don't see either of them being able to, to yeah, either of them being able to, to really keep the the other yeah, one out. to one goal. So okay. uh, a high scoring draw, two yeah, two all or three all. I would say two all. All right. Um Chelsea Leicester. Leicester does always score, but they always concede. Um I was I, I going with three one to, to Chelsea. Oh, Again, I can't see a team. I can't see a winner here either. Uh, I feel I feel like this is gonna be the same thing as Brighton, Brighton and Leeds. I feel it's gonna be two all again. Um, Chelsea can pull some goals from somewhere. Uh, hopefully, Broha could give them something. Maybe late in the game, Sterling scores early. But um, James Madison, um, he's a, a bright spark among the, the dire situation. It seems at Leicester right now. Um, he's been scoring. Performing well, um, yeah. To all, I, I I can see, I can't see a winner coming out of that game. So we can go on to um, Liverpool and Bournemouth. Um, I can go three no Liverpool. Yeah, um, I'd have to agree. That should be straightforward for Liverpool to put the first um, win on the board. Yeah, definitely three no. I will three no as well. Okay, so my city Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace has been Man City's bogey team for the past couple seasons. Unfortunately, um, their talisman, Wilfred Zaha, is injured. Um, I would like to assume that it's Olis. Is, is his name? Olis or the, the new guy they assigned was slotting for Zaha and his Edward. He should play at top. Um, but I can see this being uh attack versus defense during a session. Um I I would like to to think that City will be able to unlock um Palace. However, based on performances in previous seasons, Palace has 
always managed to steal a point. Um, have the unlikely victory. I mean, sometimes they do lose, but it isn't a foregone conclusion, as some would say. Yeah. Um, but I can still give Man City the edge. Uh, I will go 2-0 to Man City. Well, that's just, this is such a funny game because even though Zaha may be out and I never know if never know if you can probably see on the page again tomorrow morning or tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow morning still, um, I don't actually expect to see Eboe or Olise. I think yeah, he's going to continue on the right. They might bring in Alton Edward on the left and Matata will score late um, for them would probably start the game up top. If that if they don't have Zaha, um, my mind is telling me one all, and I'll go for a one all there. I, yeah. Crystal Palace tends to set up very very well. Patrick Vieira sets up his team very well for the opposition, and uh, and sets a lot of traps. I know there is quality at the other at the opposite end in terms of City's players, but I think they are they are very resilient in terms of their defense. Yeah, basically it's well, one, two, three, three draws so far. Yeah, let's see. City scoring one, Palace scoring one. Palace probably scoring first too. Okay, all right. So we can move on to um, top of the town. Team in the moment, Arsenal. Arsenal versus Fulham, twelve thirty. Um, Arsenal. They haven't really been challenged. I would say. So far outside of the Palace game, where they played well for the first 45, but um fought through the second half. Uh, <clears throat> I can't see Fulham uh, giving Arsenal some trouble. Being the first team to get Arsenal some trouble. Um, the Arsenal defenders some trouble. But hopefully they prove me wrong. Uh, and I only say that because of the error threat of um, Mitrovic, who troubled Liverpool. Um, he troubled, it was the Brentford, yeah, the Brentford defence last week. Um, he had eight shots. And he's second right. to only Haaland for big chances so far. Um, I However, I could still see Arsenal winning the game, but conceding. So I would go like 3 1 to Arsenal. Um, I actually believe that this game is going to be a challenge for the Arsenal team. Even though it is at home, uh, Arsenal start at whirlwind speed for the first 15, 20 minutes of most games, and that tends to work out. Um, Record good for them in terms of at least getting one goal during that period. Um, but Fulham has shown themselves to be a team that is that has learned from their um, past mistakes in the Premier League. Um, Marco Silva, again, who's, who is a coach I have a lot of time for, sets them up very well, and they are also very brave. I expect that this will be um, quote unquote a challenge for Arsenal, but still, I expect Arsenal to come on top, um, two goals to one. Okay. All right. So that that's it for the Saturday games. We can move on to the Sunday games. Um, Villa versus West Ham. Villa all over the place in terms of results and team selection. Uh, 
If Gerardo and be careful, he give me the first manager to go. Last time, three games, three losses, no goals. I can put this down as a scoring draw, a one-one draw. I think that Vassam will finally make some changes to their um, attack to, in terms of Skalaka from start, maybe Carnier from start, and it will give them the, the edge to put some additional pressure on um, the head of Steven Gerrard. I think this game is going to be 2 1 Vassam. 2 1 to Vassam. All right, so on to Wolves and Newcastle. Um, I can go with a Newcastle victory here. Two reasons. Because they're going to be on a high from joining with um, the champions. And Wolves do not score goals. Create a lot of chances. Have a lot of possession. Defensively solid. Don't score. So I can go with a 2-0 Newcastle win. Um... Wolves get so many shots and create so many chances and you, you would always say that eventually something will have to click, something will, will, will get will get them going. Um, could it be this game? It quite possibly could. I am saying another to wall draw, but you know what? I'm going to go against my mind and say 3-2 Wolves. 3-2 Wolves. All right, so on to the last game of uh, round four. Nottingham Forest versus Spurs. For me, there's a four love. And reason being, Nottingham Forest sign number of players, team chemistry poor. They play attacking football based on what you saw last week against Everton, but they give up a lots and lots of chances. And Nottingham, Spurs is not Everton. Um, Son. Kulazevsi, Kane, Perisic, you name it. Spurs have it. This is not Everton. Um, I can see Spurs winning by four goals to nil. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. First is another team that is also very brave in coming up and they've scored. They're brave on the field and they're brave in the transfer market. That's for sure. Um, I, I can't see Spurs... Completely blanking Forest. That's the honest truth. I can see an, uh, Spurs having the edge, but but Forest also getting on the giving them a game. Definitely giving them a game, letting them know that yeah we're here. So this is another two one for me. The Spurs. One to Spurs. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of game week four predictions. Um, Thank you for listening and good night from myself and Tyrone.